The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A very warm welcome, everybody. This is Squawk Box, and these are your headlines this Monday morning. The Nikkei hits a four-and-a-half-month low amid escalating trade tensions after the Dow logs its worst month since December, and global markets shed over $2 trillion in May. The UK is preparing for the state visit of President Trump as the US leader talks up Boris Johnson as the next potential British Prime Minister and also talks up hopes for a post-Brexit trade deal. They want to do trade with the United States and I think there's an opportunity for a very big trade deal at some point in the near future and we'll see how that works out. Beijing points the finger at Washington, saying the U.S. is solely to blame for the collapse of trade talks in a white paper that says Trump's tough stance won't solve the dispute. Germany's SPD leader Andrea Nahles resigns after a crushing defeat for her party in European elections, threatening Chancellor Angela Merkel's grand coalition. And hundreds of thousands of Liverpool fans descend on the city to celebrate the club's sixth Champions League title. President Trump and the invite even to have a state visit uh, to the United Kingdom. Well, that's kind of behind us now. He is arriving this morning. He'll arrive north of London for what is seen as a multifaceted visit. The first day, very ceremonial. The Queen uh, is, of course, hosting this state visit. The second day, very political. What happens there? What does Mrs May do in her final serious set of engagements as the British Prime Minister before she starts the race uh, when she resigns as Conservative Party? leader on Friday uh, to replace her. And of course, the president's already stepped into that one. And the third day as well of uh, President Trump's visit uh, will surround commemorations uh, to D-Day, of course. And uh, down in Portsmouth, uh, there will be a ceremony there as well. So plenty uh, to talk about the visit itself, the controversy, the protest, which will start in earnest uh, tomorrow as well. And indeed, those comments that uh, we've had from the president uh, ahead of his visit to British newspapers, which, of course, have stoked controversy. What else would we have expected? Jeffrey. Steve, thank you. Um, let's talk about the itinerary then. Air Force One is due to touch down at London Stansted Airport. The president will be staying at the US ambassador's residence, Winfield House near Regent's Park in central London. Well, the trip comes as global markets react to heightened US trade tensions with Mexico and China. As Steve, as you can see, is at the palace with all those details. But first, let's take a look at the market action. And it has been a very rough month to trade over the course of May. Markets started falling, then just kept on falling, first with issues around China and whether there would be any trade deal forthcoming. And then we've had heightened uh, reaction, too, from the Chinese. We've closed out the month of May with fresh concerns around Mexico, with tariffs going on to that country over illegal immigration across the border. So the market's climbing a wall of worry. And you can see as we closed out the Friday session, steep falls for the major markets, for the Nasdaq, the S&P 500 and the Dow over the course of the week. The worst trading week of 2019. The Dow also having its first six-week losing streak since right back to 2011. So for the month, uh, 
all of these uh, markets are tracking lower. The worst month since December 2018 for the Dow, S&P and Nasdaq. Uh, sectors impacting the red ink, communication services, Friday session, energy too. Very weak part of this market. And um, we'll take a look at how WTI has fared as a result. But let's take you to the US yields because many investors questioning how strong the US economy can grow this year, given a number of different trade issues now with China and Mexico. The yield story has uh, suffered as a result. 2.12% we've got on the 10-year yield. That's right back around 2017 levels. WTI mentioned the oil trade and just how weak it has been. Energy suffering its worst week of 2019. Eight-week losing streak now since 2015 is what we've had on uh, some of these uh, key commodities. WTI uh, as a result this morning, 52.90 on the index, 61 were holding on Brent, but uh, both moving lower. The uh, fear has put a bit back into the market for gold prices, up half of a percent. The best week so far of 2019 is what transpired last week. Now, the Asian markets, as they kick off a brand new trading weekend month uh, in the red, and you can see that safety fear bid has pushed up the Japanese yen, which has also impacted Tokyo stocks, moving south by 279 points. Red for the other major markets. More modest, though, when you compare Hong Kong and China versus the Japanese market. Australia down 1.1%. Talk today of uh, moves by the central bank to cut rates, too. The opening calls here in Europe as we get set up for what will be a very pivotal week here in Europe. Um, all eyes on whether there could be any trade concerns with the United States as the U.S. president conducts his trip, his state visit here to the U.K. But to the FTSE is chasing 38 to the downside. A lot of Brexit fear still in the trade. The other core markets you can see very weak, particularly the Italian market, 188 points to the downside anticipated. You U.S. futures are giving us some signaling and you can see red expected to materialize on the boards for Wall Street later on today. Jeff. Uh, so all those people that said uh, don't sell in May, stay. <laughs> little bit of egg on face. A little bit of egg on face on this one. Although, what does this represent, this weakness we've seen in markets? Is this an opportunity to step back in or are we going to see even more political issues uh, increase reluctance to hold risk assets? C clearly, one of the key uh, issues at the moment here in the UK is Brexit and what that means for markets. President Trump has urged British officials to, quote, walk away from Brexit negotiations if a deal with the EU is not reached by an October 31st deadline. Speaking ahead of his visit to the UK, Trump also praised Boris Johnson, the Conservative frontrunner, to replace Theresa May as Prime Minister, saying he would, quote, do a very good job in the role. Trump also hinted at a possible trade deal with the United States. Well, as you've seen, Steve is uh, on location outside Buckingham Palace. And, and Steve... It's protocol, I think, isn't it, for presidents normally not to wade into the domestic politics of other nations. But clearly, President Trump doesn't feel obliged to stand by that rule. Well, look, I mean, if anybody is surprised by the fact that Mr. Trump has waded in uh, with both the, they, they, then they haven't been looking at the man himself because, of course, he was steeped in controversy uh, about Mrs. May's negotiating tactics over Brexit when he was here on a non-state visit, a working visit last July, of course, which was accompanied uh, by howls of protest then. So I think the president, in many ways, is just performing to type. And let's be honest about it. When we analyse the comments he made to the Sunday Times, 
times and the comments you made to the sun as well it's just an endorsement and a reiteration of comments that have previously been made but of course the queen um, is uh, hosting this visit i wouldn't normally expect such interventions from a u.s president she's had two state visits incidentally before uh, with u.s presidents that was george w bush uh, and then in 2011 with barack obama but she has actually met all sitting presidents uh, apart from would you believe lyndon b johnson uh, during her reign since 1952 so she can handle this kind of thing and actually uh, one very much doubts that the state banquet this evening at buckingham palace 170 people's state banquet uh, whether mr trump will uh, will basically make such interventions yet again i'm sure he'll talk more about the special relationship which is also to be fair what he was talking about in his uh, columns uh, with the sunday times as well and actually just pointing out that actually the strength of the relationship between britain and the us uh, could well mean good things when it comes to a trade deal uh, mrs may hasn't got the kind of deal uh, that he would have gone for hasn't negotiated how he would have gone for it he would have held back the 50 billion dollars 39 billion pounds that was another comment that was raised but what about the future between the us and the uk and trade uh, mr trump made some comments uh, before getting on air force one uh, about just that let's listen in i think it'll be very important it certainly will be very interesting there's a lot going on in the uk and i'm sure it's going to work out very well for them as you know they want to do trade with the united states and I think there's an opportunity for a very big trade deal at some point in the near future. And we'll see how that works out. Our country is doing incredibly well. Our businesses are doing well. We're going to clog up the border. We're going to stop the border. Mexico is making hundreds of billions of dollars for many, many years. And they have to do something about the border. Everyone's coming through Mexico, including drugs, including human trafficking. We're going to stop it. Well, we're not going to do business, and that's going to be it. It's very simple. Uh, they're sending a big delegation right here to the White House on Wednesday, as I understand it, and we'll see what can be done. But if it's not done, you know what we're going to be doing, and uh, I'm really okay with that. <laughs> And there you can see the US uh, president definitely segueing between a potential UK trade deal and Mexico as well, which of course uh, is steeped in their own issues at the moment with potential extra tariffs because of the immigration issue there. Uh, also, of course, dare I say it, journalists some, sometimes ask very direct questions and the president's not one to give an indirect answer. So when asked uh, about what he thought about Boris Johnson, what he thinks about Nigel Farage, uh, he did make some very direct comments to both the newspapers and indeed to the press corps uh, that you just heard there. Let's listen into those comments that he's made about Mr. Johnson. I may meet with him. He's been a friend of mine. He's been very nice. I have a very good relationship with him. I have a very good relationship with Nigel Farage, with many people over there, and uh, we'll see what happens, but I may meet with him. They want to meet. We'll see what happens. So, yes, sending Nigel Farage seems to be the message uh, from Mr. Trump there. And, of course, Nigel Farage had a very strong European parliamentary elections with the Brexit party basically winning the polls or coming first in the polls here in the United Kingdom. So Mr. Trump making the logical assumption that perhaps Nigel Farage, Farage should be at the table negotiating as well. Other areas of controversy, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow because this is when he'll be speaking uh, to the Prime Minister, include, of course, Huawei, uh, intelligence sharing, and there's been some interesting comments uh, 
uh, about whether he could trust Mr. Corbyn going forward about intelligence sharing. Um, and he'd want to know the man a little bit more. Of course, Mr. Corbyn has been scathing about the president's uh, foreign policy. And foreign policy also could be a thorny issue uh, regarding Iran uh, going forward. Of course, uh, the British and Europeans have a different stance uh, than the US over how to deal uh, with the Iranian regime as well. And of course, uh, looking uh, at other issues as well, uh, such as whether Mr. Uh, Trump does give Mrs. May any more advice uh, on what to do in terms of negotiations. But of course, it's all a bit um, forlorn because it's her last day on the 7th. So this is the last couple of days uh, for Mrs. May as prime minister as well. And also just one more controversy, of course. Uh, it seems that there's been a Meghan Markle, Markle controversy. Uh, whether or not he said she was nasty remains to be seen. He was taking to the Twitter sphere yesterday saying he never said that and that it was fake news as well. Steve, you covered so many issues there because there are a ton of uh, big items uh, to, to pick up on. But what uh, is going to be key for investors this week still? And if we look at how we closed out last week, there were fears around trade. And, and the one potential one that jumps out to me still seems to be Huawei at this point because the UK has not fallen into line with the United States on what they want in terms of excluding the Chinese company from doing business, particularly around corporations here in the UK. Do you think that could be uh, an issue where investors have to watch closely just as this carrot is being dangled around a free trade agreement with the US at some point. Yeah, I think you've you've hit actually the nail on something that can actually could be one of the few meaningful conversations between the UK government uh, and the administration. Of course, a huge entourage coming with the president as well, including people who want to uh, get to the nitty gritty on whether the UK is going to allow a Huawei into the 5G infrastructure going forward. Karen, you're the one who's actually very vociferously pointed out about about the evidence and, and what evidence is there uh, for 5G interference from Huawei, which would be government backed. Uh, indeed, with the Chinese government interfering in the security infrastructure as well. And so I think a huge number of questions remain. But what is interesting is some of those potential prime ministerial candidates are pretty much on the side uh, of the US president saying, should we actually allow this huge Chinese corporation, which has such big support and such huge links with the Chinese government, should we allow them into our key security infrastructure and telecoms infrastructure going forward? So that may be somewhere uh, where there is a bit of progress. But again, uh, whether Mrs May says one thing and the next Prime Minister of the UK says another thing, that remains to be seen. Uh, the phrase lame duck, I'm afraid, does keep coming up when people mention the last few days of Mrs May. It is going to be a tough week for her. Thank you very much for laying out the issues there, Steve. Uh, looks like a glorious day that the UK is putting on for President Trump. Not the typical great. I think rain is forecast green. later. Oh, OK. I think rain is, Just in time. Rain for is Air on Force the agenda one. at some point. A slippery arrival for yeah, the President. Absolutely. Let's push on to China. As factory activity has been closely watched today, the sector expanded at a better than expected pace in the month of May, according to a private survey. China's Cajun PMI came in at 50.2 in line with April's reading marking the third consecutive month of expansion. Meanwhile, China has accused the Trump administration of being an untrustworthy negotiator and a white paper on the trade war with the United States. Beijing also hiked tariffs on $60 billion worth of American goods and an investigation into U.S. delivery group FedEx. I want to get out to Eunice in Beijing for more on this uh, because as we closed out last week, there seemed to be a skirmish that had erupted between the delivery system, between FedEx and Huawei. Take us, tell us how much further this could run, given that uh, there's always been fears of retaliation from the Chinese. 
Absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of fears that this could continue to spread out and not only affect FedEx, but also other companies within the international business community. So uh, first, I wanted to talk about the white paper, because that was a really huge development over the weekend. China issued its second policy paper on the trade conflict with the United States. And the harsh tone of it really suggests that the two sides are moving further and further apart. So Beijing called out uh, President Trump's Make America Great Again pledge, uh, suggesting that it isn't really, at least when it comes to a trade war, it isn't really making America very great at all. Uh, it said that uh, the American economy, its companies, as well as its people are all going to suffer. The uh, paper also highlighted that uh, the uh, that the um, allegations from the U.S. that China is backtracking on its trade talks uh, were wrong. Uh, China says that the U.S. is the one that's backtracking and cited three specific examples. It also blamed the United States for being solely responsible for the collapse of the trade talks. Now, China says that it's still open for the negotiations, uh, but they want to make sure that the U.S. understands that the U.S. shouldn't cross China's red lines. This is what the vice commerce minister said about it. If one side doesn't respect the other's sovereignty and core interests and tries to force the other to compromise by pressuring, such negotiations cannot succeed. It is impossible for the U.S. to force China to capitulate by using extreme pressuring and by using all kinds of ways to escalate trade frictions. The paper said that China would not have any challenges that would stop its rise, and that suggested it includes the trade war. It said that uh, Beijing is going to continue to fight to the end. You guys had mentioned the tariffs that kicked in over the weekend. And also, uh, they announced over the past couple of days uh, what's been described as an unreliable entities list. So this is a blacklist for foreign companies as well as individuals that, um, that in some way undermine uh, Chinese companies. Federal Express is, has, is now under investigation and they have been mishandled or they had already, as um, Karen, you were talking about, mishandled uh, some deliveries for Huawei, which of course is the company that's in the crosshairs of the U.S. government. And it's they've get, gotten a lot of negative attention in the state press as well as the social media. And um, I think this is what a lot of people within the international business community have been worried about, that the Chinese government would go after individual companies and individual people um, to, uh, you know, as the, this uh, trade war continues to escalate. Eunice, we'll catch up with you later. Thank you so much for that for the time being. Um, of course, China, not the only country that America has issues with at the moment over trade. Mexican officials are due to meet with their U.S. counterparts today in a bid to head off a major trade dispute with Washington. This after President Trump threatened to slap a 5% tariff on Mexican goods over ongoing border disagreements. The president criticized his southern neighbors in a tweet on Sunday, saying, Mexico has been, quote, talking about the border for 25 years, adding the U.S. wants action. He claimed Mexico could solve the border crisis in one day before suggesting companies and jobs would return to America. Mexico's president, Obrador, attempted to soothe tensions, calling the United States a friend while predicting, quote, good results from talks. 
Whatever the talk, it has impacted the performance of U.S. auto stocks and those that supply into the U.S. market. And as you can see, we've seen a significant downdraft uh, from these companies, uh, both uh, uh, in the United States and elsewhere that supply into this marketplace. Let's focus on the economic calendar for a moment just to give you a sense of uh, what the markets will be focused on. May manufacturing PMI figures are released for Spain, Italy, France, Germany and the UK. We'll also get the final Eurozone factory activity. Over in the United States, manufacturing PMI data is also due with monthly auto sales. Coming up on the programme, fresh doubts around Angela Merkel's government as the leader of her junior coalition partner steps down following a series of electoral drubbings. And if you just can't get enough of Squawk Box, be sure to tune in to our very own podcast. Head to cnbc.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from to have a listen and download today's episode. For our listeners out there, stick around for some more. Italian Economy Minister Giovanni Trier says Rome is not seeking a fight with the European Commission over its budget. Speaking to Reuters, Trier added he is confident Italy will avoid disciplinary sanctions from Brussels and that the country's 2019 budget deficit will be below a government estimate of 2.4% of GDP. European Economic Commissioner Pierre Moscovici also extended an olive branch, saying the EU will make proposals this week to solve its budget dispute with the Italians. The leader of Germany's Social Democrats has stepped down after the party suffered a series of electoral drubbings last week, both domestically and in Europe. Andrea Nala's resignation raises fresh doubts over Chancellor Angela Merkel's already fragile coalition with the centre-left. Annette joins us from the Voice of German Industry Summit in Berlin. Annette, short-termism seems to be creeping in everywhere in politics and even in Germany. Nales had only taken over as party chief after the German election last year. Yeah, that's exactly right. They, um, she was uh, the head of the party since April last year. But still, if you look at the opinion polls, if you look at the results in the European election, that has put a tremendous amount of pressure on her. And there was also a tremendous amount of infighting inside the Social Democrats. And that actually made her resign over the weekend, at least inform the party members over the weekend that she no longer will serve as the head of party and also she will no longer serve as the chief whip of the party uh, going forward. So why does this matter? That's the big question, right? It does matter because clearly the Social Democratic Party forms a coalition with Angela Merkel's CDU, or I should say Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer's CDU by now. And uh, the, the sheer fact that the SPD seems to head into a serious leadership crisis also means that the Grand Coalition is actually seriously at risk. We are seeing the first politicians from the Social Democrats stepping out saying the Grand Coalition should be ended, should be finished, should be terminated. At least we, do, we don't want to see a Grand Coalition by Christmas this year. So it can actually be serious uh, to the government. At the same time, clearly we have that party convention or the board meeting of the CDU currently also taking place. And yesterday evening or during the day, 
Angela Merkel, also the new party leader, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, were stepping out and saying we need to stick to the grand coalition. So take a listen of what they said. We will continue the government work with all seriousness and above all with a great sense of responsibility because the topics we have to solve are on the table both in the Federal Republic of Germany, here at home and in Europe. For the CDU, this is not the hour for tactical considerations within the party. We continue to stand by the Grand Coalition. We want to serve our country with good government policies. So one thing which could have prompted her to act now so quickly, Andrea Lales, I'm meaning, is a recent uh, opinion poll which came out late on Friday, which shows that the Greens are actually the top party now in Germany with 27%. They are even overtaking the Christian Democrats. In that poll, one also sees that the Social Democrats are actually falling to 12% only. So we have sort of a, a titanic shift in the party landscape here in Germany taking place. And that's most likely the reason why we see a lot of like moving parts here in Berlin currently. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.